Is it gonna be hardcore? You are about to dive headfirst into a mosh pit of sand. Is it gonna, is it be, gonna hardcore? be hardcore? Damn straight. Damn straight. This is Punks on a Podcast with your favorite misfit, Faith Star. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Punks on a Podcast. We are on Season 4, Episode 10. I am your host, Faith Star. And yeah, I know it's Thursday today. You probably were not expecting an episode today. You were probably expecting an episode yesterday because for the past couple of weeks, you guys know I've been posting Wednesdays and Fridays for regular episodes. This week got a tad messed up for me, so I'm going to be posting today, Thursday, and then I'm going to be posting the next episode on Saturday. I am hoping that I can go back to Wednesdays and Fridays next week. If not, I will keep you guys posted. It might just go back to being sporadic again, but I am still going to aim for two episodes a week until I run out of episodes. But I doubt I'm going to because I've been getting so many submissions, not just for this, but also for New Music Mondays. Super stoked about it. So thank you to everybody for their support this season so far. And it's just going to get better. I always say that, but it always is. There's only, I can't go down now. I I had a peak. I just got to keep going up. So in the meantime, I will bring you episode 10 of Punks on a Podcast. I interviewed a band called The Gold Coast. They are from Long Island, New York. Really great group of guys. They were all in the studio, all four members. They were rehearsing or practicing. I couldn't remember exactly what was going on, but they were all together that day. This was recorded back in January. They were a little bit further away from the computer screen, and they were talking to a microphone that was connected to an amplifier. So it does sound a little bit distant, but you can hear them. They are passing the mic between the four of them. They are basically brothers, all four of them, and two of them are actually brothers. So it just makes a really great family dynamic, and you will hear that in this interview and also in their music. So without any further babble from yours truly, like I always say, let's get right into this episode. This is Season 4, Episode 10 of Punks on a Podcast with the Gold Coast. Enjoy. I'm Frank, and I play guitar, and I do sing some occasional backup vocals and harmonies. Awesome. I'm Chris. I sing and play bass. I'm Nick, and I'm the drummer. And I'm Chuck, and I play guitar. Well, nice to meet you guys. And what is your band called? We are the Gold Coast. You are the Gold Coast. And where are you guys from? Uh, When did you form? How did your band start? Give us the whole introduction of the Gold Coast. Sure. So it goes way back. So Frank and I, this is Chris, um, Frank and I are brothers actually. And so our friendship began when, uh, Frank was four and I was zero. Nice. <laughs> Cute. World. Um, but no, we, we've been playing in bands, uh, together since high school and different variations. Um, so we go way back. We're all, it's like a family affair with us. Uh, we started the Gold Coast about what, a year and a half ago. Yeah, maybe two years also, ago. Yeah, and in, in context, starting <laughs> starting this band in high school, contextually, that old we actually are. Yeah, we're pretty old. So we've been <laughs> at this for over 20 years. Let's put that. Understood. Got it. Yeah. So, well, he has, because he's the old guy <laughs> in the band. Um, but the, I think the October 19th. Yeah, we're talking like October two October 18th, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's when it was. Okay, so we started the band in October of 2018, and the concept was, let's... Just play music that is um, fun, high energy, uh, catchy, simple, and not try to be anything special. And, 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 and what I mean by that is, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself as a songwriter when you start to play music about, like, you need to be innovative, nothing could sound like anything else, and you actually stifle creativity that way and stifle fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we said, we don't care about any of that. I don't care if it sounds like another band or anything like that. And it's been like, just, I don't know, like a a renaissance for us of songwriting where we just feel like liberated. Um, And since then it's been um, really fun and really easy to write songs and we're having a great time doing it. Amazing. Sounds pretty solid. So, okay. I know that, so you guys are brothers. Did you 
both personally come from a musical background or was it just something that like you one day decided, oh, hey, I want to do this? Yeah. Well, I'd say no. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go first um, just because I have the microphone, but um, I was definitely the crappiest of the musicians when it came to like traditional music when you're a little kid. Right. Uh, I, in fourth grade, they ask you what instrument you want to play and they have like a printout sheet. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember this. And you like, you circle your first choice and your second choice. And I couldn't read too good, and I wanted to play trumpet, but I circled trombone by accident because <laughs> I didn't realize the difference. And um, so I ended up having to play trombone in the band, and I was so bad. This is true. I was so bad that during the concerts, the band teacher would tell me to just pretend I was playing and just <laughs> slide the trombone with, like, everyone else, but just don't blow into the mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was really bad. My mom got me lessons, and the the, 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 the tutor, I guess, the band, the whatever, would come to the house, and I would lock myself in the bathroom because I didn't want to do it, and I hated it so much, so I quit um, pretty early on and thought music just wasn't for me. Uh, but I it's did. It's still not. It's really not. I'm definitely the weekend. But, uh, you know, I... I about not about the same time, I got a uh, guitar uh, for Christmas from ooh, the ooh. Sears Wishbook calendar called the Terminator. Uh, it was a black guitar and it had a, an amp built into it. It was like a, probably like a ninety dollar guitar, and I fell in love with songwriting, and that was the difference. Like I, I never think of myself as a musician. I'm more of a songwriter, whereas like the craft of of playing the instrument, it's not passion of mine right it, the the song itself and that's why i hated being in band in school because i wasn't writing anything i was just playing something that they told me to now i'm gonna pass to frank who's the actual musician okay <laughs> sounds good yeah uh well you know i don't think i'm uh, some type of uh, juilliard performer but yeah i think we both so our parents weren't very musical and they didn't really um it didn't it wasn't like around our house a lot you know typical music but uh, I'm keeping it far away because I talk loud. I can hear <laughs> but, him great. He's good. His level's yeah, perfect. I think, yeah. Thanks, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, same, same, same thing. Got in, in, involved with music in, in elementary school, playing, you know, in, in high school, in elementary school band, you know, all that. But I think when it came to getting into this type of music, guitar-based, you know, bands and stuff, like Chris said, we, we all got into it kind of early and kind of young, middle school, high school, friends, garage-type bands, you know, basement bands, doing that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we were it, it coming from a musical family. I'd say no, but coming from a musical um, community, yeah. You know, our high school and I think our middle school, tons of kids were in the bands. Tons of kids were into the scene of being in, involved in music. So, I think that's really where it all really got fostered and really bred to be what it is today. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and like Chris said, you know, we're brothers, and Nick we grew up with, so we all we've all been playing together collectively for, like we said, the better part of 20 years. Um, and, so, and Chuck is like our brother-in-law, so... Yeah, so Chuck's almost default related. Chuck, Chuck's, default related. Chuck's sister is married to our other brother. Interesting. So we're, all, we're, yeah. all, we're all family. Yeah. So that's sort, of, that's sort of how we got to where we are today. And to Chris's point, when we decided to do this particular band, uh, we took what we've all been doing for you know 20 years, different styles of music, different influence of music, different bands we've been in and tried to deconstruct what we've conventionally been doing. Um, and not to say we've simplified it, but I think we've just gone ahead with it to not overthink what we're doing okay. and really just write music that we thought felt good, sounded good, was catchy, was fun, fun to play. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't played a lot out lately, but uh, that was really the aspiration behind it is just to go out and be able to play fun shows. Okay. Sounds good to me. So would you say, your band, okay. I hate asking this question because I always get, mm, I don't know what to say to this. It's a really broad question. If you had to pick a genre that your band fell under, what would you choose? If you had to. Oh, clearly jazz fusion. Jazz fusion. Um, you know, that's a, like, uh, that's always an interesting question because yeah. rock music has evolved and yeah. taken so many twists and turns along the way that like to try to put it in a box is like almost impossible. Of course. Um, we definitely, we definitely start with the, with the, uh, I guess the roots and foundation of punk rock, uh, because 
when you think of punk rock, it's it's more of a overall lifestyle, attitude, mentality about 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 music. Of course, and yep. it's also about you know straightforward, high energy. And I think for us, energy is so important. Um, and 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 so I would say we start with punk rock definitely in our roots, but I, I wouldn't say that we're like a a pure classic traditional uh, punk traditional band. punk band. Okay. We. What do you think, Nick? Nick's, Nick's the real music, like the music lover. Let's... I listen to like three bands, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, what would We're your just... influences be then, Nick, if you have uh, more of a musical background? Well, um, you know, I kind of fall into listening to a lot of the heavy metal, punk, hardcore kind of stuff. So, yeah. my influence is always kind of coming from that direction. Um, you know, I'm really into uh, the Lawrence Arms. I like all the Long Island bands that have come out. Sound Majority, Crime and Stereo, um, Somerset Thrower. Okay. And I, you know, but I listen to everything. I, I, I like old classic rock. I like the Beatles. I like, you know, anything. And I think that's what makes this band kind of um, um, different from what we've been used to is that we're all have a lot of different tastes but we also all kind of have the same taste if okay. that makes sense yeah of course of course you know yeah so we're all listening to different things but we kind of all have the general direction and sound that we're like this is yeah we're digging this yeah, yeah. and it so all fun. kind of falls together somehow it's unbelievable and it, and it could come from anywhere it could come from some new wave 80s song or as as chris bestowed upon us yesterday a google doll song that's <laughs> true <laughs> I think that is very true. Yeah, I, I, Nick, I think you nailed it. You know, we all like, you know, say 80% of the bands that each of us like, the other ones like. But each of us have our own 20%, right. you know, where we go rogue. Like, Frank, for Might example, even when we were little kids, like going back to being little kids, like I listened to, you know, when we were in like middle school, I listened to like Pennywise, Bad Religion, No Effects, like all like the, the California. Old punk um, bands, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Frank was more into like Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, yeah. um, Helmet. Yeah. Is a band called Helmet? Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic Youth. Like I can could not tell you a Helmet song. <laughs> or, Me either. Or, or, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I, we're really dating ourselves. Here. <laughs> yeah. But in, in that, you know, but that that's a critical part to this thing uh, is the fact that there's such a confluence of, of influence, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think when you are as interested in as many things as we are, you tend to have just random ideas and you try to put them together, which they may not all show up in the song, but what they show up, where they show up is when we're talking about how we're going to write a song. Okay. That makes process. sense. Yeah. And how the process needs to kind of like, think about this song or have you heard this band and like, here's what they do. And again, it doesn't always show up in the recording or in the actual music, but I think it's really how we approach things. And how we appreciate things that is where it really resides. Awesome. Amazing. So the name Gold Coast, do you think mm -hmm. it reflects your sound? Ooh. That's a great That's question. That's a good one. So, so the Gold Coast mm -hmm. is a is a is I a, think yeah, I think we need to yeah. like kind of backdrop. <laughs> it's it's a reference to the the North Shore of Long Island. So we're from the South Shore of Long Island. Okay. The North Shore of Long Island is is referred to as the Gold Coast, and that's where like the Great Gatsby book takes place, and it's yes. like old, rich kind of like mansion. It's like it, that's like the stereotype. I mean, there's more to it than that, but um, you know, I think it, it, it to to us the name uh, is a reflection of one kind of where we're from, but you know, the Gold Coast being a little bit aspirational. Like that's not we're not from the Gold coast we're not you know we're from you know working class background but like it's just like it, i think it's just like striving an aspirational thing you know like yeah but also, it's also sort of and from my perspective too and then uh, I'm on to pass it down but uh it's more of a nostalgia for what i think long island had been and what i think um sort of the prominence behind it and uh, that era kind of represented, you know, uh, kind of a boom in creativity, I think, for a lot of America from the cultural standpoint, the jazz era coming out into the roaring 20s, into a lot of yeah. thought 
an expansion of artistry um, in, a, in a more, not even so much of a commercial sense, but just sort of like the influence of, of American culture at the time. Too. Right. That's really cool. Because when I, when I think of it, I don't, that's not where my brain goes, you know, like to any average person when obviously oh. like the Golden Coast, you think of California, but when you think yeah. of the Gold Coast, that, it's like, oh, is yeah. that what they're trying to, trying to say? But the fact that something so deep came out of that, that's so cool to me. That's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. It would have been very easy for us to just say the Gold Coast. Yeah. We're just thinking about summer and the beach and partying. Yeah. Right, right. Not really. Yet. But you know, a, a funny thing that kind of ties into your question is that uh, as as we've been going through writing new songs and stuff, we kind of always say to each other, you know, it's got a Gold Coast sound to it. Uh, so we've kind of developed now our own little kind of feel that we can uh, right, right, right. identify towards the name of the band. That's cool. That's hard to you know? do, you know, because sometimes when you're writing or playing something, you're like, oh, it sounds like Green Day or it sounds like this band. But if you can right. relate it to yourselves, wow, that's huge. Yeah, that's Chuck's uh, his specialty. Is <laughs> get it all now? Yeah, we got to get Chuck on the mic. Chuck is, Chuck is the one who is like the <laughs> style police. He's, the, he's like the finals. Like if Chuck likes the riff. <laughs> No, it's like, it's dead serious. If Chuck likes the riff, he has the best year, I think, for like, this is a good song. So he's like yeah. the, the editor. Point. He wrote a new song, started working on a new song, and he started mumbling some vocal lines. <laughs> and uh, after practice, we're packing up. I started humming the song, and he goes, that's why I know it's, it's, it's going to be a good song. It's going to be a hit. Once it's stuck in Chuck's head, you know? So, that, that's, my, that's my barometer for whether or not I, I, I wrote a, a, a catchy vocal line. It's like, if if... I can somehow get it stuck in Chuck's head. A little earworm. I love yeah, it. I, I hate to be that guy, but I am. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. That's Good. awesome. So you guys wrote something or released something last year, right? In 2020? Yeah. So that was the latest release for you guys? Yeah. So um, we wrote and recorded that record. Um it was actually almost a year. It was February 1st, exactly last year. Wow. We, were, we recorded it, not knowing what lied ahead. And, you know, we we named this record 2020 just because we recorded it in 2020. We had no clue that this 2020 was going to be a dumpster fire. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. We've become somewhat pointed at now. Yeah. Wow. We actually named it 2020 because it was like 2020s. This is our year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the Roman numerals MMXX looks pretty cool too. So of like course. 20, 20. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we recorded that uh, exactly last year and, you know, putting in all the production and, and, and everything to get it released. And we released it the week that everywhere went into shutdown. So all the promotion, all the shows we had booked, everything just came to a grinding halt and it yeah. really, really put a damper Shit. on that whole project, you know? Yeah, yeah of but course. There is something, there's something poetic. I'm just thinking about this as we talk about it. There's something poetic about how we kind of styled the band and the album name, like the EP name, off of the like the Roaring Twenties, the 1920s, which were like such a, 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 a great decade for for. Yeah. Where everything was just like booming and, and, and there was just so much decadence and uh, positivity. Um, I mean, it all came to a grinding halt at the end of the 20s during the Great Depression, but it's kind so of funny. ironic. Think about the, the, the irony of like the yeah. 2020s are a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something out of the game. It's like, oh, fall five, like the starting gun for the year. And then... It's the complete opposite of what everyone thought. You know, everyone's like, oh, brand new yeah. decade, cool. My yeah. opinion, as soon as 2019 ended, I'm like, something's going to happen. I'm like, I had a f gut feeling. I'm weird like that. Uh, I'm like, brand new decade, like, something's going to happen. And then... Well, do you have a better feeling about next this year? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hopefully it was just, you were just lucky last year. I, yeah. people are like, oh, 2021, you know, new start, whatever. I'm like, guys, like, what's changed? What's, yeah. please explain yeah, that. Yeah, we, ha we have a vaccine now. We were good. You know, we're rolling in the yeah. right direction. But I, uh, I'm too cynical. <laughs> like I always feel like the sh shit's well, just gonna hit the fan. 
I have always been somewhat cynical, but I, I, in my later years here, in my, uh, <laughs> I feel like his <laughs> golden years. If I go strike my heart to like reiterate, like I'm I am close to retire. No, no, no. But I think that I've. Uh, no, I think it's sort of the when you evolve as a person a little bit, um, you kind of get to a point where some of these things are very, very impactful for you, and you can let them eat you alive, and you can have them. Um, spin you out of control, right? In of this course. whole situation, definitely did a lot of bad things to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Logically. Um, I think we've maintained, or at least myself, very positive outlook. Like, hey, listen, it's short term. You're talking about six, seven months, eight months a year in what is really a lifetime that you're going to have. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, it sucks right now, but even if it sucks for another couple of months, uh, there's so many good things that we've done through this, so many things that you've taken from it that I think are positive. I've learned a lot about myself and people I know through this. So, well, yeah, uh, it's definitely not all bad. Um, you know, and obviously like the whole picture of what's actually going on is a horrible thing. Like it's fucking crazy and and it sucks. However, when it personally, like you, the way things can personally affect you, that's when you can, you know, say, Oh, I'm going to do, be positive about it or I'm going to let it really, really hit me. Um, me personally, I was able to get really cool bands on my podcast this year because they're not right. touring right now. So I took that as, Oh, you know what? They're just sitting at home. They're not doing much. Let me use that as an opportunity to grow myself and my podcast. So that kind of helped me out. And so definitely not all bad. And like, I can tell with you guys too, you're still working on stuff. You're going to be putting stuff out soon. I think like yeah. you're in this, you know, you're recording, practicing right now. Um, so it's obviously not all negative, and it's really great that you guys are taking the good out of it and using it to your advantage. Absolutely. You know, you know, one way, I think, Frank, the way you said it was, was so great about how you, know, you got a whole lifetime, and it's just like a blip on the radar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the way I've been kind of framing it is we have spent our whole lives up to this not being in a pandemic, and we're going to spend probably the rest of our lives not being in a pandemic. Yeah. So why not actually, I know this is weird to say, because to your point, like so much shittiness is happening to so many people who are affected personally by this. Right. But like for those of us who have been fortunate enough to, 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 to stay somewhat um, healthy and harmed okay. physically, yeah. but yeah. more mentally the drain of being in lockdown and all that, um, appreciate that we have this one weird like, like, curveball in our lives for a little while where we can just live life a little bit differently we're gonna have the rest of our lives to go right back to the daily grind yeah, yeah. like you're right now in like this cool like alternate lifestyle sort of like, a, like take advantage of it just for the sake of right. it's a change up think of it as like intermission very <laughs> very smart because stretch, you know the but, other thing i think about too is there's been other points in history where people have had to um embrace negativity and pain and suffering for a lot longer than this and they were able to you know get through it somehow most people but at the end of the day like this is just it has it's been a year people are losing their minds they're like oh this is never gonna end it's never gonna end how do you think those people felt you know during the holocaust oh yeah you know what i mean like i have to think about that i have to like put myself in check sometimes for that so i think that's important to not be tone deaf, though, to, like, what this really means on a, as a, on a large scale. Of course. Global. But I think in order for people to survive through this, I think for, psychologically for myself, is you need to be able to look to those things, those events, those past events, that, listen, people will overcome it and persevere through it. Um, yeah, it stinks right now, but, you know, look around. You're, you're, the people you're around, the people you see, and do the right thing. Be conscious of, you know... Uh, you know, all the things you need to be conscious of, and we'll get through this part, and we can get back to doing those things we want to do. 100%. And, and, and this, you know, this for us, I think, and I don't want to steer the conversation to this, but, you know, the original question was, you know, this the last thing you released. And, yeah, it was the last thing we released, and we had a head of steam somewhere, and then we took a lot of time off, really, unfortunately. In the beginning. Yeah, it was really what? tough. We didn't do any of these, like, hey, let's get together and broadcast from our living room and play okay. some shows or something we sort of talked about that and we never really dove into it i think in some ways that we did a lot of self-reflecting and a lot of hey you know just somewhat trying to be creative in, in any way you can to, yeah now we've got a lot of things to try to move ahead towards and i think this 
uh, getting back reengaged in the studio and getting uh, you know the you know the creativity going and trying to the process again together, not just like at home individually, has definitely been a big part in like me becoming more like healed. Good. Uh, in a psychological way. That's oh yeah, that, that, coming to the studio is absolute therapy. It's pretty cheap therapy. Yeah. <laughs> So well, that's good. I'm glad you guys are still able to do that because, you know, it, it's really hard, especially when you have bands that, you know, aren't in the same states or provinces and they're completely separated and they can't mm-hmm. see each other. And it's just I feel for them really badly um, and deeply, especially ones that were relying on tours to make ends meet, like all that stuff. When you really think yeah. about it, it really sucks. But the good thing is there are bands like you guys that are still pushing through and you're using your music as an outlet and as a recovery source. So, Nick and Chuck, do you feel the same way? Are you kind of on the same wavelength with that? Um, yeah, I am. Um, you know, as Frank said, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, we all have we all have kids and and families and everything. So, you know, at that time when there was a bit of uncertainty with what was going to happen or where this was all going. Um, you know, I enjoyed being home, uh, with my family and my kids and, you know, we would, we would get on, um, Zoom and, and talk about songs and drink some beers together. And it was, nice. it was like, it, like, even it though, like, forever, though, yeah. And, but it's like, it's almost like we never really kind of skipped a beat, so to yeah. speak. It's just like, we took a little time off. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of this gave us time to reflect on what direction, we want to go next, what we want to do next. Yeah. You know, because having the shows canceled and, and venues closed and, and you're not sure what it's going to be like with having uh, large crowds at shows again, it's kind of like, well, we're not really sure what's going to what's gonna happen in six months. Exactly. Are we ever going to play that big show with people jumping off the stage and sweating all over each other and all that, you know? Yeah. So uh, I can't wait to sweat on strangers again. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. <laughs> Me either. I can't wait to have drunk conversations with other girls in bathrooms because yeah. I was like, you know, yeah. you take things like that for granted. You're like, oh, like, when would you ever think, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this again while it's happening? Like, you don't think about that stuff. So crazy. Yeah, there's a there's there's a venue that um in our in our area that unfortunately is closed down because of, uh, you know, they oh, shitty with COVID. And it was a really great place. And um I was lucky enough to see the last show before everything got shut down. You know, first they were shut down, you know, through the pandemic, and and then eventually, as time went by, they they folded for good. But um, you know, just being there with my buddies, drinking beers, seeing great bands, seeing friends. You know, it's you you really we took that all for granted. You know, sure. It's, so. it's, there's a lot of time right now to reflect on stuff like that. And, and the one thing that I hope that everyone gains from it is when we are able to do stuff like this again, we will really appreciate it 10 times more than we ever have. And yeah. I hope that sticks. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, how about you? What do you feel about this whole thing? Do you feel like, you know, you're okay right now with the way that you guys are going? Are you grateful for the fact that you can play with your band? Yeah. I mean, to Chris's point, I think everyone in the band here, optimistic We're yeah all, i can uh, tell that look so you know one bad egg can really ruin it and i think um uh, all of us has pushed through writing writing music like nothing's changed like we get in here it's not there's no pandemic outside we're just the same four guys playing music i love it um yeah so i, I think in a pandemic out of a pandemic i think we just all have you know the the, the common uh goal to write good music you do have a very solid family orientation between the four of you and and it's really it reflects i think like that you guys all seem like your brothers even though there's two of you that are brothers. like you all seem like you're you know ride or die kind of situation which is it's so good to have especially right now and i mean these guys are all professionals like you come in it's you know they know how to write music we know we know how to bounce ideas off each other and it's a great it's a great little community we have here yeah i love that so uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask. So because like you guys are you're practicing right now and are you guys currently in the writing process? Like what's the dynamic mm-hmm. happening? At yeah, the we're, we're writing right now. We actually we're in the studio as we speak. Where that's like, you know, for the for those listening at home. Yeah, uh, we're actually talking into our PA system. So <laughs> if the volume sounds all funky. That's why it's, it's a just, great setup. 
Yeah, so we're, um, yeah, we're writing right now. We have um, three new songs that we feel really good about that we've, that we've been working on over the last, you know, you know five or six weeks. Um, it's been fantastic to be able to write again. Yeah. And, you know, funny, you know, to be, to be able to write music, especially, you know, when you're writing lyrics and things like that, you need to live. Right. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but like, it's hard to write songs when you're not having experiences to, to that, that have an impact on you for you to have like kind of. And so it's funny, like the lockdown in the beginning, I think the problem for me lyrically and musically was like, I got nothing new happening. It's like, I'm like stuck behind four walls of, you know, of monotony. Right. But funny enough, like, so much inspiration has come from being on lockdown because that in itself is such a unique, wild experience where, you know, it's more internal reflection versus like, you know, going out and experiencing the world. Right. It's more you're experiencing yourself, but in a totally new way. Um, so very I experienced myself once, maybe twice. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Stupid joke. Um, anyway. I forgot where I was talking about. Well, Murado. Yeah. Yeah, lyrics lyric out of uh, your whole yeah. sitting on the couch. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, feeling like this, this feeling of, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, being in, like, Doom. What's between heaven and purgatory? Hell? Purgatory. <laughs> purgatory. Purgatory. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, you know, a little early okay. right now. It's okay. I when you're, when you're well, no, so that, that's a big kind of concept that you know one of the new songs we're writing, like lyrically, is about that feeling of like purgatory, especially. So we're we're in New York, right? And yeah. New York got hit really, really hard in the yeah. beginning of the pandemic, like super hard. Like, you guys did for sure. Yeah, and I know probably. And I, you know, we, you know, watch like the national news and stuff and you watch other stuff like you see where for other people in the beginning, it wasn't a big deal. Like people living in like South Dakota were like, "Ah, you know, life's normal here. I'm in Canada and it was like, you know, it took a long time, not that long, but it took a while to really hit here. Like right now it's fucking terrible. Like I feel like we're pretty much in the same spot that you guys were in the beginning um and everything we're on lockdown number two like i'm i'm on a stay-at-home order right now um everything's closed like we can't go out without you know someone pulling us over and asking where we're going kind of thing so yeah it's it's fucked it's really bad and you know what i think the the thing i just wanted to add because it also ties the process i think in the beginning when we were trying to draw from this experience i felt in sort of your earlier question like what the feel and what the kind of representation of who the Gold Coast is and what the sound is. I felt like we were in a dark place as a country and as a, you know, as a people mm-hmm. that I didn't want the music to reflect that. So I was trying to not write music that was actually affected by the pandemic. And I Understood. felt like I had been writing a lot of stuff that was sort of, you know, sullen and downtrodden and melancholy. And as much as I can enjoy a melancholy song, I don't think we wanted to bring that to this band from right. our put musically and creatively. So I think we did have, you'd think that, Hey, you guys are in a pandemic. You haven't written anything or recorded anything in a year. You should have like a dozen songs or something. I think we carefully looked at what we were all experiencing and what we were going to output to the world. And yeah. said, you know, bring the sound that we, we want to take the sound that we've created and just keep maturing it and evolving it and not to go in a really different direction because of this. So as much as being away from each other for a while and sort of not doing anything for a while, it, I think it actually helped us not go in a really, really different direction than we probably might have if we tried to do this throughout the entire, you know, kind of pandemic. Okay. I get it. I get it. it it's, I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, you have all this free time on your hands, everyone. You should be doing the most. And that pisses me off because why are you creating something that's not authentic? You know what I mean? Like you want it to be not not just because you have the time to do it, but because it's genuinely coming from you. So I feel like what you guys have, the dynamic that you have, you would never really force something if it wasn't like ready to go in in your mind and your heart, right? Yeah. 
right thing for us. And I think we, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody here, sorry, but, but you know, just that I think we know who we want to be. We okay. are mature enough in this process and in doing this that we understand that we can take time off and just pick up where we were and say, this is where we wanted to go. Let's go back there. Okay. Uh, we're, we have, I think, the ability and sort of the, the sensibilities individually to get ourselves there. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think also when you're experiencing something in the moment, it doesn't, it's not, in my opinion, and everybody's got to, you know, every, every artist has their own process. But for me, I, I have a hard time writing about things I'm experiencing while I'm experiencing them. Experiencing them, I feel like I, I need some distance to put some perspective on it and yeah. look at it, look at it more objectively from a little bit further away to to really write mm-hmm. in a way that actually captures the moment accurately. I, I get you're that. You're in the middle of it, like, and also I used to say, you know, um, when we used to talk about writing, you know, songs and stuff, like, oh, you know, songs seem to always be like lyrics tend to, to gravitate towards bad feelings and not really about happy feelings. And I used to always joke. It's like, yeah, because when you're in a happy place, the last thing you want to do is sit by yourself and write a song. You want to go and keep enjoying whatever happy thing is making you happy. Yeah. Like when you first start dating someone, it's probably a hard time to write a song because you're like, you want to just spend time with them instead of in your bedroom by yourself. Um, on the flip side though, with like, with, with, with crappy situations, like, being in lockdown, if you're in like a place of like um, fear, anxiety, because again, going back to being in New York in the early days, which is exactly when we first released our first EP where we were supposed Crazy. to be out shows, I personally was not in a place where I could like just be like, oh, I'm just gonna sit and write a song and like construct, you know, uh, you know, put put the, a nice, you know, story together no. and arrange it. I was too busy like making sure that I'm you're good. Dumping sanitizer all over my yeah. head so, that you're healthy and that you had time to process paper. what was going like, on we we putting, on, paper. Yeah, putting on a hazmat suit to take the, the pizza from the delivery guy so i don't get covid from you know so it's like a really hard time to just be like yeah let me write a song i was just trying to like keep my family safe and keep you know and of just course. figure it all out but so that's why right now it's like we're still in the in the thick of it we're still on lockdown stuff still shut down everywhere yeah but we have a little bit of perspective now, and I think we could write with a with a clear mind instead of being in a, in, in in such a dark, That's anxious. That's good, I, and I'm really excited to to see what comes out of this. Um, because now that you guys have had time to process everything, I feel like it's just going to create really great music because it's going to be solid and not like, oh, maybe we should have done it this way because it just came out of of an emotional state rather than a logical state. You know, I think that's going to be. Um a big uh, a big point across the entire music landscape. Oh, yeah. Not just... I think there's going to be a ton of new records coming out. I can't okay. wait. We're all experiencing the same kind of feelings that we are, maybe a different way or, or yeah. you know, whatever their personal you know issue is. But I think once we get to the other side of this, there's going to be a ton of new uh, music and, and, and stuff that's going to come out that's just going to blow everyone away. Awesome. You know, awesome. You're going to see a lot of um, maturity in bands that maybe, you know, from their pre their pre COVID album to their post COVID album, uh, just as they you know have gone through such a life changing you know experience and having the time to think about it and craft it and you know it's just I I think that's going to be a positive thing that comes out of all this something that I am looking forward to. Okay, well I'm I'm excited because. The, the sound, the music that I listened to from last year was amazing, incredible, really great, solid EP, I would say. Um, but now that you guys have had, because that was also at the beginning stages of your band, like you were, you know, kind of a two, in the two year thing and, and at the beginning of it. But now you've had another year together of like a crazy thing that no one ever expected. So this is just, I feel like it's going to be incredible and it's probably even going to blow you guys away too, you know? Yeah. Not so. to put yeah. too much pressure on you or anything, but... Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we, we did lose a lot of momentum coming out of that recording and having, you know, the record done, of ready course. to go out. Here it goes. Bunch of big shows booked. 
And, you know, at first when this whole thing went down, I was bummed because I was like, you know, these are opportunities that we might not ever get again. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime kind of things. And, you know, we missed out on it because of, 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 you know, the pandemic. Yeah. And I was bummed. I, I honestly, I think we rightfully all were. So. We had, rightfully you know, so. Rightfully so. But we had this big record, this big push. And really, I don't want to say nothing came of it, but we never got that no. satisfying feeling of, you know, here's our record world. Everyone come see us play. Look what we've been working on. And that's what makes me sad. That That's the one thing that, that really hurts me because it's not just you guys. It's like so many bands right now are, they've had this masterpiece that they've created and they can't do anything with it. They can get people to stream it. They can listen to it, download whatever. They can't go on tour. They can't, you know, they, the only thing they can really do is like all these bands, live shows. Bands. Yeah. Yeah, all like these, even, these... Even hanging out with other bands and meeting, you know, right. bands we play shows with and making connections. And that's yeah. all just been on put on hold, you know? Yeah. Well, so. bottom line, I feel like this is going to be a great step for you guys. Um, whatever comes out of this will probably be very defining for you. So just keep Man. it up. Don't let anything get in your way and, and do it, you know? That is a great description. A defining moment. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Thanks. You might have just inspired Chris to start new lyrics. Do yeah, it. I, I'd like credit, though. Yeah, I think you, you got us a lot. You gave us a lot to think about today. Oh, good. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is, by the way, this has been a pleasure. So thank you so much for having us. Oh, wait, she's cutting it off. No, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not yet, but uh, you're no, so yeah, welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying this so far. Um, I just actually have one more big question before we get into our rapid fire portion. Um, if tours were to go back on and everything were to be absolutely normal, you guys can have individual answers to this question. Who would you choose to tour with, dead or alive, together or not, and oh, why? Good question. We'll let Chuck go first. Yeah, one by one, please. Oh, Saves the day. Saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a hard one. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, don't wait, dead or alive, it was, it, for, for uh, selfish sake, it would probably be, it's not the uh, popular answer, but... It wouldn't fit our genre either, but it would be Pantera because that was my favorite band of all time. And I wanted, I I would love to play, share the stage with Dimebag Down. But, yeah. Their fans would beat us up. I know. If I wanted to play, if I wanted to tour and be realistic, um, it would probably be the Get Up Kids. Uh, I think stylistically, we kind of, we kind of fit in the same genre or similar genre at least. Okay. And uh, as now, I've been a fanboy since I was like 14 years old. Their latest release is great. all, every album is fantastic. Great. They actually, I saw their, they played um, a little town near, a little venue, a little bar by us on March 13th. Oh. So I think on the 14th, we went on shutdown. It was oh like, God, so yeah. it was the yeah. last show. We, we all kind of knew what was going on. We just had one last big party watching the Get Up Kids play. Yeah. And, uh, That's cool. A, a bar that they should have, you know, they could have played 30 years ago and have been too small for them. <laughs> so, uh, wow. so yeah, I'd say the Get Up Kids for me. Awesome. Okay, Nick, what's your answer? Uh, I'm just going to go big and because it would just be fun and massive. I, I would love to open for the Foo Fighters. Oh, my God, you stole my answer. I think that would just be uh, amazing. Um, awesome. No, you want the Foo Fighters to open for us. Is yeah. the idea. No, no, no. I want to open well, the then. For us, the everyone will leave. Everyone will leave. So we'd be the opening act. Wow, cool. Uh, I was going to say the Foo Fighters, too, not because I'm, like, a huge mega fan of the Foo Fighters. I just think that their musical style is, is like, pretty close to ours, and it would be epic. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on Nick's answer. Um, another one is just because – so I have a two-part answer. The other one Google is – Google Dolls, come on. Yeah. No, my, this one's going to be even cheesier, um, but – because they're fellow Long Islanders and they're they're a couple of years older than us, but they're similar age range. And I think we would have a whole lot of fun on tour together, um, and you know, in different same stages in our lives. I, I would say Taking Back Sunday. Nice. They also live 
a couple of them live in the same town as me, so we could we could uh, carpool. To the- <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because I don't know if you've ever heard of the show Degrassi. It's like a the oh, Canadian yeah. the where Drake came from, um, and they were actually on. I was watching it on TV last night, and they were on an episode of Degrassi, Taking Back Sunday. Uh-huh. They were play- yeah, it's so random. It was like in 2007 or eight, and they like were literally playing their songs on stage. And I'm just like, what the hell? And it was at a Toronto venue at the the Hard Luck Bar too. And I'm like, oh, I've been there. Like that's so weird. So anyway, that was just a little moment for me. Funny, but yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up that episode. It's a good last. episode. It's real good. I, I, uh, I even though I had to go last, I had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, I don't, you did. I don't have. An easy one here. This Frank would play it like a jazz club with. Like, yeah, there's just so which many. Which is fine. Yeah, this this is the problem. Like I'm, I'm not like a huge fanboy crusher on any bands ever, but, see, see, but I like so I picked, many. It's not why I picked Foo yeah. though. Foo Fighters from like an epic go, giant epic experience, yeah. experience yeah. fans. I just felt selfish. Best sound. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how good the sound system would be at a Foo Fighters concert. Yeah, I, I think it's tough because um, you. It depends on what you want out of an experience on a tour. Oh, here we go. Here we go. How do you take a nap? Wake me up when Frank Stone's answer. I mean, it's it's right. You know, Chuck wants it because he thinks it sounds good. You know, Nick thinks of it as a professional big thing. You're. Yours is more, um, I don't know what your reason Mine was fans like, just this, you know, because it's close and yet. Hanging out after, after so, the show, we went, we're right, similar. Right, there's similar sports people. Product. And I think what you're hearing right now is exactly what makes up this band. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> who we are. is like we all come from different places, different things. Like, you think we'd all be like, oh, let's play with, like, insert typical punk band from the mid-2000s or late 90s. And, okay, that kind of fits. But it's not who we are. It's just not the answer you're going to get. I Which might play, I want to play with a band like The Replacements. Who were cool in the eighties? Who were you know an older group and and the music is sort of not technically great, but they just had a a style and a swag to them uh, of that time that was sort of different than a lot of other people. And they produced a lot of really fun songs. And I think the the level of fun there would be off the charts. And it would it'd be such a departure from my normal life. That's awesome. Nice. That's, that's what you would want out of this. It's it's such a departure because we all family are all family people now, and you know tours are not something we do like we did when we were twenty three, where we'd hop in a van and drive around for six seven weeks at a time and, and sleep in God knows where. And, and yeah. It's like I we're in a different place, so what we would want from it is different. So the people you're with would be really it's just sort of obscure in some ways. Okay. It really depends on what you. You know what other side of the coin? Wh- whichever at. bus gets us a Tempur Pedic mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Solid yeah. answer. But you know, there's just yeah, there's just there's just too many possibilities. Yeah, and and they're not not any are impossible. So right. I, anyone yeah. could really uh, end up anywhere. You know, right? Never, yeah, never say never. Actually, the band I would have said, but recent events that would lead me to not to would have been Beachline. Oh, that peace slang man, that music, I feel like we would have had fun with them. Music's good in my mind. I love the band, but you know, apparently the dude's yeah. a dick, so yeah. A lot of <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't know though. Common it's theme that these days. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. You uh, know what? Full good times. That's what it is. That would really be kind of what it's about for us. Okay, cool. Solid answers, guys. Is there anything that you want to add before our rapid fire? Uh oh. Uh. And I, I will. Yeah, I will be putting all the descriptions down below of the links. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say mine is probably more of like a, I don't know, like a public service announcement to anyone listening um, who is aspiring to play music or it has used to be in a band or you know or they're currently trying to be in a band uh, and they're in the songwriting phases and maybe just trying to struggle on how to you know how to get there um, from a songwriting perspective. The one big lesson, and I, I mentioned it early, but I, I just want to kind of say it again because I think it's so important. The biggest lesson that I can um, share is that when you're writing a song, just don't try so hard to, to write it for other people, specifically other musicians. Write it for for what it is and don't put too much pressure on yourself to make it like groundbreaking all the time because you're going to you're going to stifle your creativity and and you're going to you're going to get serious writer's block. Mm. Just like let it rip, man. Like like just let it let it go and don't try so hard to not sound like anyone else. Um, it's a it's a fool's errand. 
Okay. Uh, that's my, my public service announcement for the day. Got it. Because nobody cares also. And if you try to impress other musicians, uh, you're, <laughs> it's never going to work. Like if you're, you know, you know, your four-year-old niece thinks the song's awesome, then it's a good song. They yeah. are the probably better judge or judge judges of, of a good song than any 40 year old, you know, uh, guitar player. Yeah, old. I'd say so. Pretty <laughs> solid PSA. Anyone else want to add in anything? No, not really. Check us out on Spotify. Okay. I'll post all the links in the description box. Plays up there. Spread the word. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for the rapid fire? Let's do it. So basically you have to answer, you each get a question and you have to answer the question in less than eight seconds. If you take longer, it's fine. Well, whatever. I'll edit it out. It's fine. Whatever. Um, who wants to go first? Okay, Chuck, ready? They're a little bit, <laughs> they're a little hard, but it's okay. So, I don't know if I should ask you this one. Okay, yeah, I will. All time favorite album. <sighs> Gotta do it, go. Uh, I said Pantera before, I'm gonna say Great Southern Tranquil. <laughs> okay, Nick, ready? Uh, hmm. That's a good question <laughs> to ask you. What's your favorite song to cover? Uh, your drummer. Although we'll never ever cover it, I always wanted to cover Hum. No, Stars by Hum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris cool. doesn't like it. Alter- Steve Alternative Rock. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Hmm. This is freaking random, but it's funny. If you could pick a Disney princess to play you in a movie, who would it be? Oh. <laughs> Easy. Uh, Perfect. 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 Yeah, yeah well, she's well. She's the female lead, so that's effectively. Yeah, Milan. Badass. Love the answer. Okay. If you could choose any song as your theme song that oh, you would yeah. play every day when you would wake up, what would it be? Oof! Come and knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> Superfly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that your answer? Superfly. It's bringing you decades back. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. All right. That was it. That's as easy as it was. Uh, can, can we all do all four questions? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> if you want to. What, you know what, what my way, plan I would, is... I go back to who we could have toured with. Um, another decades old one would have been the police. Oh, That's so the, sick. Police. I love the police. Yeah, yeah. I love oh. Sting, too. Yeah, see, that's, that's a lot of things that come up. Rancid would be a good band to open for a huge shows. Oh my god! Rancid shows are fucking crazy. Like they're that was crazy. One of the first Rancid that might have been the first actual show I ever went to at a venue in the city. That was the, was Rancid at the Limelight. That might be a good rapid fire question to add. Actually, favorite first concert that you've ever been to? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Div H2O. That's All old show. school New York hardcore at the Limelight. This is like 1994 or 95. <laughs> 90, how about this? I went to the I was a year old. <laughs> my first non like cheesy concert because I did go to Aerosmith yeah. when I was like nine. Yeah, I'm talking like, about Jones Beach. Yeah, like that doesn't count because like I didn't yeah. choose to go to that. Yeah. My first sh- big like show was actually the Warp Tour, the first no, no, no. Warp Tour ever before it was a thing. Like, wow. That was like 95. It's true. I was, so was that, I was probably like 11, 11 or 12. And it was at a place called Nassau Coliseum. It was in the parking lot. And it was like 80% a skating thing. Cool. Like 90% skating, uh, 10% music. Like it was a, it was a skateboard festival. That's like, awesome. That is so cool. And I went to it because my buddy who um, was, was like, oh, we got to go to this. He was, we were big into skating back then. So we got to go on, and we went more because of the skating right. part, but I saw like bands that I, I look back and like, I didn't even appreciate it because I didn't know them that well yet. Like I saw Sublime. Wow. I saw Sublime live and I didn't even pay attention. So I have no memory of like, if it was good or not. And that was the very first warp Tour. Ever. Yeah. Wow. It's the very first World Tour ever. I even had the t-shirt that I wore forever and I yeah, lost I it. That. And Very I sick. went to the very last one 
in Toronto. No, I, in, get us in 2018, <laughs> yeah, it was, yep. My first warp tour was, oh my God, 2013, 2014, and then, yeah. Then I went to, I only went to three in my whole life. And then the last one was Toronto 2018. Yeah, it was a good show. Good well, time. I only went to two, I think. I went to that one, the first one, when <laughs> I was a little kid. And the second one, what we played. We played We played in, what, 06? We played, like, the 2006. Oh, yeah. With our other band, the Saturday Night. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Just one just one event, just one show. Yeah, we didn't do the whole thing. a local stage. Yeah. Gotta... Yeah, it was with um, Receiving Ends of Sirens, uh, Circus Survive. It was all over the map. That's a good yeah, lineup. So, yeah. Table, yeah, Very just, cool. yeah. Very cool. I bet. I bet you guys can't guess what my first concert was. Um, <laughs> I can. Um, it Gladys was. Avril Lavigne. I wish Avril Lavigne. I wish. We're naming old Canadian. Yeah, you are. You are. Uh, my first ever concert. I was thirteen in two thousand and eight, and. I uh, went to the Jonas Brothers and Demi Lovato <laughs> concert. Jonas Brothers, hey, there's no, no shame in yeah, that. Yeah, that I was may my not first have gone to a New Kids on the Block concert when I was like 10. Nothing so. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. People <laughs> are like, oh, you didn't like grow up with you know rock and everything? I'm like, yeah, I did. But my first concert ever was the Jonas Brothers. That's right. And that's just the way it is. So, yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah, we, all, we all start somewhere. Exactly. We well, yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that's it, guys. It's, unless there's anything else you want to add in. No, just that. Um, uh, I, I I can't go an entire podcast talking about our influences stuff without talking about hip hop because my first love was definitely hip hop and um, cool. Dr. Ray Dre Day was probably one of my uh, favorite like, really, albums of all time. And I think it reflects sometimes lyrically. Little hip hop in there. Awesome. Uh, stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch. <laughs> I love it. You are about to hear Condo by the Gold Coast right now on Punks on a Podcast. Peace, love, stay punk, kids. Stay safe, stay sane.
this close to your dreams. And I watch them brush past you like a stranger in a crowd. At the time, you don't think much of it. You know, we just don't recognize the most significant moments of our lives while they're happening. Like then I thought, well, there'll be other days. I didn't realize that that was the only day.